are you today? This is Pastor Dan, and we're back in the game of doing God talk and wrestling with the issue of justice. What does it mean to do justice and to be a person of justice, to do social justice? How do you know when it's the time to speak up or do something, when the time to stay out of the way and don't... uh, (laughs) ruffle any feathers and don't cause any ripples. So those are hard questions for all of us, and they certainly have been questions for me. I didn't have much of a choice last week. I was just too sick to do anything. So I did not get up and go downtown and march or do anything. Uh, Will I, when I get home and I'm feeling better, what does it mean to take a stand? Should we write an op-ed, write an article to the paper, write a letter to the editor, write a letter to the conference, write a letter to our senators? What does it mean to do justice? In the middle of this uh, time, 25 years ago, when I was wrestling this through in the context of women's equality and uh, sexual gender and all of that with women in ministry, as everyone was saying to us, no, we need to be unified. We need to all be together. The church works together. How do we balance doing the right thing? Jesus said, and the Bible says, it's better to obey God rather than man. What does it mean to stand and do truth for God? Jesus was not unified when he called them and snakes in the grass and he threw the tables over. And when he went against the social order, what does it mean? He says, pay taxes, pay, render to Caesar what is Caesar, to God what is God. But when you have conflict, when you have a moral dilemma, when things don't line up easily and you have to make some difficult choices, triage choices and say what's most important, what's less important, If you can do both, fine. If you can do unity and justice together, but if you have to choose, where do you go? In the middle of all that, we happened to watch the old movie called Pollyanna. You know the story, I'm sure. Uh, This girl is now an, uh, an orphan. Her parents were in the church. I think maybe her father was a pastor. I forget. Anyway, she's now living with her aunt and uh, they're going to have an orphanage they want to get a new orphanage and they need to raise money and they're going to have a big bazaar and they're hoping that the church will take a stand because they have influence and uh so pollyanna says go to the church nobody owns the church so the people in charge of the bazaar go to the pastor but he owes his job to her too she's writing checks for him to preach and tell telling him what to do so he says very carefully as carl malden I can't take sides on these things. And as they're leaving the empty church, Pollyanna's uncle turns around and says, well, Pollyanna was wrong. She said nobody owns the church and walked out. Oh, they got him because she was always telling him what to preach. So the next Sunday, he came down from the pulpit and told them all to go to the bazaar. He was 100% for it. He was going to be there. Everyone go out and have a good time. It's for a great cause. And everybody cheers except the end. But he broke free. Nobody owns the church. You have, you have no idea how important that was to me 25 years ago. As I was wrestling, what does it mean? I happened to be the senior pastor of a large church where a lot of members wanted us to take a stand. We're a university church. And they said, Pastor, we need to take the lead. We need to do something. And I was getting calls from my conference union division on up leaders saying, you know, you're going to wreck your career. You're going to split your church. I had a death threat on my phone at home. You better get your wife and children out of town before something happens to them. Terrifying. It's terrifying. What does it mean to stand for equality? The word word ordination meant equality and would cause disruption. If we use the word commissioning, it was not equality because men ordained, women are commissioned. It's not the same, but it would be politically safe. And the church leader said, Pastor Dan, we'll be there with you. I was in torment. And then you hear somebody say, nobody owns the church. Did anybody own me? 
Had I sold my soul, or was I going to stand for justice? What would I want to have done when my sons ask me 20 years from now, Dad, weren't you kind of around during that time? <laughs> weren't you senior pastor back then, Pastor Dan? What did you do? Dad, did you take a stand? What did you do? Or did you wimp out? Oh, they're hard. Well, let's look at the verse and get started, and we'll have to do more the rest of the week. Most of us don't talk much about justice. We don't march much. But here's the verse in the Bible that we all have to deal with. Micah 6, verse 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Here God is boiling everything down to one sandbite, one phrase. You could sit on a bumper sticker on the front of a TV shirt, a t-shirt. What does God require? Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. JMH, not typical. If you say, I don't have time to read the Bible every day. Okay, well, just read this one. <laughs> that would go a long ways. What does God require? Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly. It's pretty good. One third of everything that God wants is justice. Micah is an 8th century prophet. This is over 700 years before Christ. And God is calling Israel to like a covenant lawsuit. I have had it with you guys. Stand up. You plead your case and I'm going to plead my case. You know, I want you to do justice. And I have something against you. Verses 1 and 2. Stand up. Plead your case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, O mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. So God is using the mountains and uh, the hills like witnesses. They've been here forever. You've seen everything. So I'm appealing to you when I make my lawsuit against my people. And then he says, verses 3 to 5, What have I done to you? How have I burdened you? I brought you out of Egypt. I redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam, remember, from Shittim to Galga, Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. So understand this at least. God is saying, I did this for you first. God is always the first mover. He's always grace first. He never says, you do this and then I'll bless you. He says, I have already blessed you. Jesus has already died on the cross. We are covered in grace. Grace is always before, around, during everything that we do. And maybe we would be a little braver in our social justice if we know we're settled. We're not, we're not up for grabs. Our salvation is settled with God. God loves us. We're settled. We know where we stand with God. And maybe we're a little braver in taking a stand for some things that are wrong in the world. The more safe and settled we feel in Christ, the more free maybe we're willing to take a stand for justice and take all the risks that are necessary. Well, we need to stop. We'll come back to this tomorrow as we work through the heart and soul of what Micah 6.8 is, to do justice. Can't just talk it. Can't just talk it. We have to do it. What does it mean to do it? What can you do today to stand for justice for someone who's poor, someone who's hurting, someone to get that's such a fair deal? Where do you need justice for yourself? Anyway, we're here wrestling with justice. This is God Talk. This is Pastor Dan. We we'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow, more tomorrow. God bless you.